Merry Christmas. We had a packed house yesterday. It was awesome. We enjoyed it every moment, being with you and the guests and everything. It was great. What goes O, O, O? That's a Santa Claus walking backwards. When he goes forwards, he goes ho, ho, ho. He goes backwards, he goes o, o, o. But looking back at this year, I am so grateful and I am so thankful that we have done our life together with you all. And I'm sorry for not being able to hang out with you on a daily basis and all the time or watch football or go movies with you. But I want to let you know that I am here for you. Nothing is more important than being with you. So whenever you want to see one another, see me, I will always say yes. All you got to do is call me. And that's what Jesus did, asking us to call on him. He came to do life with us. He came to spend the time together with us. He would not say no to your invitation. He would not say no when, he wants to hang, when you want to hang out with him. But he did say that you must knock on the door. Then he will open the door and allow you to hang out with him. You just need to call on him. When Janice and I were dating, that was just a few years ago, one of the most popular songs around at that time was Steve Wonder's I Just Call to say, what? I love you. You just need to call. See, that's a music. You just need to call. And you just need to call on him. And he, the Lord, will not say no to you. The meaning of Christmas is about doing life together. Last night, during our Christmas Eve service, it was all about singing a new songs. It was all about hearing and watching them practice for weeks before little ones. As for me, when I was in uh, <clears throat> elementary school days, the one that I remember the most about Christmas is just that. Not just the day that we present the skits or presentation of the music, but it was like two, three, four weeks prior to the Christmas, just getting together, doing life together with my age group and the teacher. We'll practice and you will practice and afterwards the teacher will take us to her home. We'll just spend time together. We'll just hang out. And that was the real great joy. And I will never forget, every time I think about Christmas, uh, it's not so much about Christmas tree, but it was always about just getting together with friends in the church, just singing a new song, and about the birth of Jesus. Yesterday, uh, Emerson, she's a seven-year-old girl, um, I asked her on the stage, like, what's Christmas to you? It's about family. 
It's about family. And Aiden said, it's about the birth of Christ Jesus. That's right. He came to become part of the family so we can do life together. How fitting it was. In the case you weren't here, this, the big old guys, the wise men, they were like, no, there was, I correct standing. It was not wise men, it was wise guys. And, uh, you know, um, and uh, they didn't know anything about what the Christmas was. And these two little ones came up and showed them, told them all about what the Christmas was. That was just awesome. The meaning of Christmas is about new songs. And when you do life together, we have a new song. You cannot do life without music, without the music of the heart. What better song is there than Isaiah 9, 6 that reads for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and we will be called, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. That's the new song, that's the new life that we celebrate today. That to us and for us, a child was born and given to us. The meaning of Christmas is about that particular, that very good news. Luke 2, 10, 11. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He is the Christ the Lord. The meaning of the Christmas is to give, to love, and to care, and to share. Someone said, I will honor Christmas in my heart and, 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 and try to keep it all the years. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about honoring that very day that he was born in our hearts, but we try to keep it all the years. And we got Christmas every Saturday at the table in Kensington. Simply, they're trying to live out year around, trying to honor their very Christmas and try to keep it all the years. The meaning of the Christmas is that our baby Jesus was born to shower us with all the blessings that comes with the grace, the gift exchange that we do. And just that, to remember the blessings you see, sometimes we forget that, and some of this frustration gets in the way of truly, truly being able to celebrate the Christmas. A, mom, a woman was out to do Christmas shopping with two little children. Wow, you've done that before? And every time she walks by some kind of a toy sh- Shelves and the kids say, I want this, I want that. I want that too, I want this too. 
And she was just getting a little frustrated doing this day after day, during the Christmas, thinking about all the relatives and family members and gifts that she had to buy, plus this overwhelming pressure to go to every party, every housewarming, tasting all this holiday food and treats, and trying to get the perfect gift for that particular person, and all the shopping lists. That was just overwhelming. And as she was walking with these bags and bags of toy and these two little ones and crying, asking for more, and she walked into this elevator and uh, finally she was trying to relieve herself as she was heading down to live and the elevator already was crowded and she pushed her way in with all these bags dangling with two little kids. When she got situated in the elevator, she said, whoever started this whole Christmas thing should be found, strung up, and shot. From the back of the elevator, a gentleman in a very calm and quiet voice said, don't worry, we already crucified him. And for the rest of the trip down the elevator, it was quiet. Everybody was remembering the true meaning of Christmas. We shouldn't be forgetting the true meaning of the Christmas as we go through this hecticness of the Christmas. And every thoughts, the deeds, every time we try to buy something, and the words that we speak must represent, must depict, must show true meaning of the Christmas. The meaning of the Christmas is that through our shortcomings and challenges that we face, we get to experience the powerful gift of forgiveness. That's why Isaiah 9, 6, when child was given to us, it continues to say, and the government will be on his shoulders. The government will be on his shoulders. That's what it is. The child came to us. It was given to us. It was born to us. But the government will be on his shoulder. He took all our weights onto himself. He took all the sin, how heavy it is, he took it unto himself, and therefore he is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. It's all about blessings because of that. As you know, I consider the challenges that I have faced over my lifetime to be most powerful blessings. It's not always good things that is a blessing. It's not just the gift that's a blessing. As for me, the challenges has become even more powerful uh, blessing for me. Through that challenges, I became a better person. I've received a new perspective in life. I've gotten much closer to that baby Jesus. I really got to know him better as to who he is. Who he is. That's the shower of blessing because he took the weight 
on his shoulder. The meaning of the Christmas, it's really about trusting him and letting go. Trusting him and letting go. That's why this baby was born unto us and given to us. And therefore, when he took the government, when we took our sins, when he took our troubles on his shoulder, that means simply we are to let go of everything. You know, when you let go, do you know what happens? The weight comes off. The stress goes away. Believe me, it goes away. Letting go allows you to open a new door for you. You want a new door to open for you? Try letting it go. Letting it go allows us to experience the life that you always wanted to have. Past Wednesday, just a few days ago, and during our evening prayer meeting, a question was asked of me. Actually, Pastor David asked me this question, knowing that I was a pilot, knowing that I love to fly. I guess that's what he wants to do. It's not too late, but it's going to be expensive. <laughs> he asked me, what are some of the spiritual lessons that you have learned from flying? Oh, I love that stuff. I love this stuff. That's like, uh, that's like music to my ears. Every time you talk about flying, flying. Because I love to fly. And ever since I was young, I always wanted to be a pilot. Until my father messed it up for me. Ever since my mother told me that ever since I was like two, three years old that I wanted to be a pilot. And she knew that I was going to be a pilot. But... Uh, my father kind of corrected the course of my uh, career. You can be a pilot if you want to, but just bear in mind, if you become a pilot, you're not going to be coming home a weeks at a time. If that's okay with you, you can be that. So that was like I was in high school. That's when I changed my mind. I said, no, I want to be home every night. Even though right now I don't come home every night. But I'm, but I'm not weeks, weeks away. Well, sometimes when I go to Korea, I'm weeks, weeks away. But the point was I wanted to be with the family, just like that little girl said last night. You know, Christmas is about being with the family and knowing Christ Jesus. So I changed my mind. And he said, what should I become? And I said, become some engineer, some architect. That's secondary. So let me tell you about my experience this spiritual lesson that I learned from flying and has to do with the trusting and letting go. You see, Christmas is really about trusting and letting go. Because when he was born, when Christ, when baby Jesus was born, he came so that we can trust on this baby. He came so that we can let go of our mess from the past. That's why he came. It is so clear in the scripture today, the government will be on his shoulders. He took it all. 
If he took it all, then, then trust him and let go and, and see that you are going to be able to sing a new song and make music. So here's my story. I was practicing with my instructor. And it was about the time for my final examination. And for the last examination, after passing the, the written examination, now it's time for me to go up there all by myself. If something happens, you're on your own. I was looking forward to this day, but inside I was very scared. Because I didn't have anybody to depend on anymore. If I mess up, I didn't have the teacher sitting next to me to correct the plane and correct the course. I had to do three things. They test out three things. The first one was uh, pretty simple, to do the takeoff and land on my own. By the way, the most difficult thing to do with airplane is to land. That's why, you know, when you land the airplane, it's really smooth. People clap. They say, yeah, did a good job. You know, it's landing is very difficult to do so in, with the airplane. So I did my first solo, taking off and land, executed, perfect. Then it was time for long distance. From what I was started, that was at that time, I was in Long Island, New York, where there's a lot of water. That was the home. That's where I was doing my uh, temporary work. That's where I was learning how to fly. So I was there. And uh, the, this, this, the second uh, solo flight is now no more up and down. I had to go far away distance. From Long Island, I had to fly all the way out to Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And then from there, check in and then call the home. And then from there, I got to fly all the way to West Coast, uh, Albany, New York. And from Albany, New York, return back to Long Island, the home. I executed flawlessly. Finally, one last thing I had to do. One last thing I had to do. And that was to go up to 10,000 feet and do one basic maneuver. This is very dangerous one. This maneuver is trying to really understand the behavior of the airplane. This exercise is to really understand how the airplane is designed and how we need to trust the way the airplane is designed. When you're going full speed, you don't really know the true behavior of the airplane. So this last solo exercise was for me to bring the plane at 10,000 feet at a stall position. Stall means with the car, it stopped. It doesn't move no more. Well, when the plane is in 10,000 feet, it's not technically in stall. But what's in stall is that you bring the plane to a stall, meaning no more left. When there is no more left, what happens? it begins to fall. So if you look at that slide, that's a plane, by the way, that I was flying, Cessna. 
And I also flew that one with the archer, which is the wing is the bottom. That's the wing on the top. That's a better to fly. You can look down and there's no obstacle. You can see everything. If you fly like archer, like when the wing is low, you can't see the below you, the ground. You can see ahead, but you can't see it. But I like that better because you can see the view uh, much better. So when you bring the airplane to stall position, there is more, more left. It means the plane is very, very sensitive. And the task is to bring the plane to stall position and stay at that stall position for 10 seconds. How do you bring the plane to stall position? Well, when the plane is flying like this, it's not a stall, it's because it's moving. And the plane, you bring a plane to this angle, as you see on the slide up there, and it is moving against the wind, and plane slows down, and the plane is, is flies and lifts, it stays in the air because of the, the lift. Well, that lift is no longer exists, as you can see in that picture. And that's when plane begins to fall. I have to be in that position for 10 seconds while maintaining that 10,000 feet altitude. If I lose 100 feet, I fail the exam. So I was practicing this on my own because next day in the final exam, I had to demonstrate this in front of, in front of him. Well, I brought the plane to stall for 10 seconds successfully. Piece of cake. It's all over. I am done. I have no problem doing this on my own. And I was comfortable. You see, this is what happens in our life. When we become comfortable, a problem seeps into our lives. When the plane has no lift, it is extremely sensitive. What I did was, okay, now I need to put a full throttle so now I can bring the plane down and then move. Well, that's what I was doing. I'm in this position and trying to put the throttle to fall. I can't just do it like this. I have to kind of lean over. And then I accidentally went like this because throttle is in the middle, like this. All of a sudden, I shifted the weight. What do you call it? The center of gravity of the airplane. Even though I was sitting in the middle seat, there's no lift in the wing. So when I went forward, plane began to and then go right, lean to the left, right side, plane went to like this. Mm. Then what happens? There's no lift. So therefore it begins to now fall. When it falls, it just went, it went like this, and it went right into dive. That is very dangerous. The plane went right into spiral motion. I remember looking down, the only thing that I saw was body of water. And I knew at that moment, oh, this must be the end of my life. My heart was pounding like, like as if I just finished 500 meter splint. Like just, just pounding. And I remember at this moment, I messed up. 
with our life, we mess up. We're supposed to go this. We just slight little balance tips off, and we go into dive. I messed up. And it's in the down spiral, in the downwards, and within the next 30 seconds or so, once I meet the uh, water, I'm done. I remember at that split second, my instructor telling me, or telling us to the students, whenever something goes wrong with plane while you're flying, you must trust the way the plane is designed. And you must let go. You must let go. You know, when the plane is doing this and you're only seeing is water, our tendency is to hold on to what? Control wheel. Thinking just like a car, maybe you can do something with a with control wheel. Well, control can do nothing because it doesn't have, the plane does not have any left. It's like a car going on a total ice. No matter what you do, it's not going to do anything. And that's the state that I was in. And I was doing like this. I'm trying to do something with rudder, nothing going to work. But you hold on to it. But the problem is this. Instructor says, when something goes wrong with your plane, and when you hold on to the control wheel, you will die. You must let go. It is probably one of the most difficult things that I've ever done in that split second, that, within that period. Your plane is going down. You're all by yourself. And you can only see the water down there is only about eight, maybe 9,000 feet by now. And trying to determine as to how to get out of this is just listen to what my instructor said. Trust the plane. Plane is designed to level off. Plane is designed to level off. In order for plane to level off, you've got to let that control wheel go. Don't touch the rudder. rudder. Don't touch that uh, control wheel. Let it go. It was, it was one of the most difficult moments in my life that I recall in an attempt to letting it go because I had never experienced as such in the plane before. He never took me into this situation, the instructor. So I had to learn this on my own. As soon as I let the plane go, as soon as I took my hands off from the control wheel, within five, two, three seconds, nothing happened. It started keep going, spiral motion. I was petrified. But as the plane begins to go down, what does it do? It begins to pick up speed. When plane begins to pick up the speed, and if you let go, because it's designed to level off, as it levels off, the, the, with the speed is going down, there's, now all of a sudden the wings begin to have lift. And it, once, wing, once the plane has lift, it begins to balance by itself. The lesson is this. If you want to live, if you want to get out of the mess that you're in, trust how God has designed our lives. And let go of everything. To us, a child is born. To us, a child is given. And the government, the sin 
of our weight will be on his shoulder. Trust him that he will take care of it. Only if you let go. You must, the trusting and letting go must go together. You can trust, I can trust the plan all I want, but if I hold on to that control wheel, I am crashing down and it's all over. Letting it go. He came so that we can trust. The meaning of Christmas in this lesson is this. Before the baby was given to us, we had nothing to trust. We had nothing to trust. What do we trust? And now we do. And once we have him, all we need to do is let go of our worries and let him correct and guide the course. Isaiah 43 18 to 19. Forget the former things because he took our weight on his shoulder. He took it away from us. Do not dwell on the past. You can go to the next screen. It will help. Verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. The meaning of the Christmas. That new thing is a new song. And it's about making a music with him. And God says to sing a new song, Psalm 33.3, which is our series. Sing to him a new song. And God says, God tells us, God gently reminds us to make music. Psalm 57.7, I will sing and make music. And I hope that you have a wonderful time celebrating this amazing day with your family and friends. And it's about Jesus whom we sing about today. Remember that. And as you sing and as you make music, may your cup of life just overflow with the love and goodness. Merry Christmas to you all. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you. Your baby, Jesus, was given to us so that he could take away the weight on his shoulder that he did. And the message to us is to trust on that. Know that he did take everything away from us. The troubles, the challenges, the worries. He took it away from us. He carried it on his shoulder. And then he came so that we can let go, knowing that Christ Jesus has taken all away and letting it go and allowing him to guide, correct our course of life. 
So thank you so much as we celebrate this Christmas. Help us to remember that former things we ought to be forgetting about, that we are not to dwell on the past, but to see that from the day that Christ was born, we have a new thing, new life, new song, and new music. Thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.